You are listening to the sermon podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. We are a congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, located in Denver, Colorado. And you can find out more about us at houseforall.org. Grace, peace, and mercy are yours from the triune God. Amen. First of all, damn Jesus. Why, oh why, is this the gospel reading for this Sunday? When I first read the text, I prayed that I was an evangelical and that I could just set it aside and pick up a different piece of scripture to fit more clearly into my agenda for this liturgy and our congregational meeting. And before my prayer was over, one of my colleagues looked over at me and said, let me guess, you don't want to preach on this scripture. At least I'm predictable. It took me a day just to be able to compartmentalize the scripture from our actual reality today. In no way do I think that Jesus' warnings about insurrections and wars, earthquakes, plagues, hell, even pandemics, are coming true today, as if it is some fulfillment of prophecy. The parallels are eerily similar. But when we can look past the supposed causation or direct fulfillment of prophecy, we can surrender to a deeper understanding, a deeper truth that can soothe our souls instead of traumatizing them. Scholars do confirm that Luke's gospel was written after the destruction of the temple. So the emotions, the perceptions of Jesus are expressed through that lens. The destruction of the temple was real for them. It was not just the destruction of an office building. The temple was seen as the holy habitation of God, a place where God literally resided. So if the temple is destroyed, then God is destroyed. The question, where is God, is no longer theoretical or hypothetical. It is logical. It is real. It is the reality of everything being torn down, everything crumbling around them, around us. It is akin to this country, sorry, it is like in this country, the collective memory of the 9-11 attacks, or more recently, the January 6th insurrection. And for other marginalized communities, it is the collective memory of boarding schools, of crosses and church burnings, of mass shootings at places of worship, schools, and gay bars. Ever since the pandemic began, scratch that, ever since the beginning of this beautiful and broken world, Despite all the progress, all the good, it has felt like everything is crumbling around us. Seemingly helpless, we are left with the very real questions burning in our hearts and on the tips of our tongues. Where is God? And how can we ever find God again? Each generation, each day, we as people of faith try to answer these questions. And our world and our society also tries to answer them. It is as if Jesus anticipates our desire for answers and gives us a warning, a critical thinking program to learn how to discern what and who to listen to. Many times throughout the generations within the church and within society, we have been asked to testify about God in the midst of everything going wrong and everything crumbling around us. COVID and the pandemic are just another iteration of the world crumbling around us. 
and it will not be the last. And we sit here in these chairs, and we ourselves wonder, where is God? We look around our lives, our workplaces, our communities, this community of house, and with everything crumbling around us, we ask even more distressed, where is God? And as we wonder, we also try to answer the question. We think, hey, let's pack our schedule full of events and potlucks and extra services, because surely God will come back if we are busy praising and being church, right? Exhaustion is salvation, right? Or hey, let's learn from the megachurch down the road. After all, they have hundreds on a Sunday, a coffee shop, eight pastors on staff, and a praise band. Certainly, there are some market practices we could replicate and develop a more successful money-producing business model, I mean church. Oh, hey, let's just give up on this thing called church altogether. I came to realize that our deep question of where is God, our answers are often bogged down in individualism and ego. And it's as if Jesus, being fully divine and fully human, knows how our human brains like to work. If we respond to this question as the world would want us to, we would be left just sitting in this house with the walls crumbling around us as we attempt to convince ourselves that everything is fine. Nothing's wrong, and we still keep on asking inside, where is God? In that question, God is the noun. God is the subject. I don't do grammar here, but, if it, if, but what if our response to that very question is based on God being the subject, rather than me, the pastor, or you? Rest, reset, and reimagine. In our questioning and, wondering, and wandering on this journey, Jesus invites us to discern his voice among all the other voices. Jesus himself did this. Remember, he regularly took naps and went away to pray. He not only taught us how to think and walk in more expansive ways, Jesus taught us the importance of cultivating a space to rest. The Sabbath, sabbatical, and not just one designated day of the year or one year every seven years. Since the pandemic, I have felt this never-ending desire to do more and more and more. In fact, and some of you can attest, I often expressed how I should have gotten more done during the day or the week. I hear it from you in your own vocations. I was listening to Glennon Doyle's podcast, We Can Do Hard Things, when she interviewed the founder of the NAP ministry, Trisha Hersey. It's really good. If you haven't listened, you should listen. She basically talks about how our current grind culture this consistent need to work and be productive is the product of two colluding and reinforcing systems of white supremacy and capitalism. Her argument is in a couple of bullet points. It's called no more grind. She is known as the Knapp Bishop. The Knapp Bishop shares small, concrete ways to bring rest into our lives, especially when rest seems impossible. How to use the power of imagination to reconnect with our humanity and divinity. Why grind culture wants to keep us exhausted, and how we can resist a culture of overwhelming busyness. 
why everything changes when we embrace ease as our birthright. And finally, creative ways to reimagine rest within our hectic daily lives. When we walk around our communities or maybe within our own minds, we have this overwhelming real feeling that everything is crumbling around us and not a stone is left on stone. And our impulse is to want to try to quickly start rebuilding, to put up nets to catch the falling stones, to be at this work 24-7 as if our lives depend on it. But Jesus does not say to do those things. Jesus says to rest and not be terrified. If we are exhausted and always hustling, how in the hell are we going to be able to dream? How are we going to be able to live into the future if we keep on living in deathly patterns from day to day? Cultivating a culture of rest frees us to live at peace and begin to re-realize that God in Christ is right here among us. Solely responding to the crumbling around us out of our unexamined trauma and anxiety will just lead to more exhaustion, more burnout. Because Jesus asks us to follow him instead of following the voices that try to convince us of our unhealthy, deathly ways of living and being in this world. The ways that alienate us from each other, from God, and from our own being. The way to counter grind culture and the demands of this world is not to just work harder. It is to rest. It is to reset. Because when we can see a future, because we can begin to see a future when we rest in the promises of God, when we reset and make Jesus the subject of our existence, the subject of our actions, we are no longer forced to be the authors of salvation for ourselves nor this beautiful and broken world. It is then that we have the opportunity to testify. We have the opportunity to testify to a God that loves us so much, a God that loves us so much that God renders life out of our death, joy and mercy out of our trials. Rest, reset, and reimagine. The world will not understand. Part of the church will not understand. And yet this will give us an opportunity to testify. When we cultivate rest and reset, we are freed to seed with curiosity and anticipation what new things Christ is creating among us within ourselves. And we are free to see with curiosity and anticipation what new things Christ is creating in our communities luring us to partake in that sacramental work. This process is not linear. It is a process. Because there will come a point when the resting or resetting has become too much, and the Spirit lures us to reimagine. And there will be times when our imagination is fried, and we will follow the Spirit once again, reset, and rest. When we are overwhelmed and in distress, resting and resetting remind us that what we need is not more productivity, not more grind culture, not more perfection. What we need is Jesus. And as I often forget it, and maybe even you do, Jesus is here.
in this place, beyond space, among us, with us, under us, always. When all is crumbling around us, Jesus is here and Jesus is leading us. When it seems we cannot hear the soft, tender voice of Christ, may we rest and gather again, hear the good news, and partake in a meal that tastes of freedom. And with our souls nourished, our vision focused, our ears attuned, our mouths filled with love, our feet guided, we will be ready to begin again. For God's rest is deeper in our bones than capitalism and productivity. We know how to do it. It has been passed down from generation to generation through the baby's coo and the hands that are wrinkled. God is there. God is here. Right here among sinners and saints. And because we know these promises, we can live as testimonies to it. We can show up and make holy houses wherever we go, in our schools, in high-rise buildings, in Zoom calls, in coffee shops, and yes, even at this transient address house comes to claim as holy ground. Holy houses. Holy habitations of God in the midst of crumbling walls. We can use the stones from this building. Stones from our trauma, stones from our past, stones from our vocations, and we can use us, living stones, to reimagine and rebuild a beautiful house out of ruins and rubble, with Christ as the chief cornerstone. May it be so. Amen. You have been listening to the sermon podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. If you would like to support the ongoing ministry of our church, please visit our website at houseforall.org and click on Give.